Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now back to 95.7 The Game. Going old school, Cam on drums there, your little Will Smith. I was just thinking. Will Smith pre-rage. <laughs> I was like, I was just thinking in my head, it's like, wait, so remember when everybody, oh, Will Smith, he's not real. Is he real now? <laughs> he's I got, mean, you, get street, you get street cred when you're slapping people at the Oscars? I don't know. I, I think you kind of have to. I mean, it, it was bad for his Hollywood and endorsement career, but, but, on, the, but on the streets... It's like, yo, I'll put it like this, okay? I, it's I like think when now, Kobe got tatted. Yeah, you know, I think now people are like, hey, okay, don't make me go Will Smith on you, which now makes him hard because what going going Will Smith on somebody before would have been like a dance off. <laughs> now it means you walk up and you call slap him right in the face. <laughs> He's got a new movie that recently dropped. Of course he has a new movie. Listen, everybody's like, oh, this is gonna hurt. No, I know it's He's Will Smith, okay? And, and, and I don't care. I don't care. Like, he's good. He's, like, he is good in, at being in movies, okay? So he's going to, you know, it, it's going to blow over. He'll, he'll be at the Oscars again. Tracy Sandler standing by, of course, from Fangirl to talk about the San Francisco 49ers. Tracy, do you have a favorite Will Smith movie? Ooh, that's or a good song? question. Or, or moment at the Oscars? That is huh. Maybe, well, moment at the Oscars, I really only remember one, and I don't think it could be my favorite because it's not. In terms of my favorite, Will, I think Hitch. I love Hitch, and I like the first one. Ah, all right. Wow. Oh, yeah. Hitch is, is one of those that's not necessarily on the radar, but probably some of his best work. Well, hey, Actually, no, it, was it, he Enemy a, of the State, by the way. Enemy of the State, by the way. No, you got to go back early on. Six Degrees of Separation when the he was one, a the young first one. Yeah, I saw well, that. Well, yeah, that was that's a fantastic movie. All right, Trace, let's let's – Let's talk a little bit about Christian McCaffrey as he arrives. First of all, before we talk about what you think his role will be going forward, that seems to have dominated the phone lines and the conversation the first couple of hours. But specific to Sunday, tomorrow against the Kansas City Chiefs, how do you think he will see the field and what sort of packages can we expect Christian McCaffrey, if at all? I think if we see him, it will be 
in a red zone package. I think, you know, he just got there. Granted, he's been playing and practicing, albeit with a different team, but he just got there. They gave up a lot for him. So I think the last thing they want to do is take a chance tomorrow that anything could go terribly wrong. So, you know, I would say if we see him at all, it'll be in some sort of red zone package. Uh, And then I think we would see him maybe a little more next week. And then after the bye, it would be full go. Hey, Tracy. So you mentioned what was given up to acquire him, like three draft picks. And then you add in how much it's going to cost. I'm sorry, four four draft picks. Sorry. Then you add in what it's going to cost to keep him on your roster the next few seasons. Are the Niners in the Christian McCaffrey business long term? Like, are they going to see this contract all the way out at 11 plus a million a year for the next however many seasons? Well, I think they'll probably try to restructure it. But it sounds to me like based on what John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan said yesterday, it sounds to me like they're in it for the long haul. And this was a little different than Emmanuel Sanders because that's, it's been compared to that move a lot in 2019, which understandably so, it makes sense. But that was a team that was 6-0 and was potentially a wide receiver away of getting to a Super Bowl. This is a team that's 3-3 three and three <laughs> and is not a dual threat, threat running back away from getting to the Super Bowl. They have a lot of other issues on their team right now. So this is a huge move and certainly one that should help spark the offense and will be important for the season. But I feel like for what they gave up and the fact that he is signed through 2025, I would think would be attractive to them. Again, I think they'll have to restructure, but I believe that would be attractive to them. And he's obviously a very good fit for Kyle Shanahan in this offense. So I would imagine this is more of a long-term situation. Tracy Sandler, our guest and Tracy going forward. Does he replace now Jeff Wilson Jr. at the running back and or Elijah Mitchell at the running back position? Is he now the featured back? What is specifically his role, do you think, with the 49ers? Well, I would imagine, yes, when he's ready to go, he will be RB1. There's just no way you put Christian McCaffrey on your team and he's not your starting running back. But the 49ers are also going to be in the probably somewhat enviable situation of having a running back receiver and a receiver running back. So now you have these two dual threat players that become just kind of a nightmare for defenses just in terms of preparation. But there's just no way to me that you have Christian McCaffrey on your team and he's not RB1. So just just to sort of tack on, if he's RB1, and I guess the reason why I ask this, at, at this juncture of his career and after playing in just 10 games because of the multiple injuries over the last couple of years, if he's RB1 and we know if the 49ers get it going as far as that running attack and he's carrying the ball – upwards to 15 to 20 times a game and he becomes the workhorse and the Niners are carving up whomever. Is that somewhat, is there a level of hesitation to use him in that capacity knowing the the recent injury history? Well, I think the really nice thing the 49ers have going for them is he can be RB1, but he still doesn't have to be a workhorse, if that makes sense. He can be your guy, but you do have Jeff Wilson in theory. You have Elijah Mitchell coming back. So the work can be spread around a little bit, but he can still be your main guy. I think they are probably going to do everything they can to keep him on the field and keep him healthy. But we see what happens to running backs in this offense and running backs generally in the league. And so that will be a tall task. But I think they also have, like I said before, they have the luxury of also being able to use him as a receiver. So there are just so many things they could do with him on any given Sunday. 
Hey, Tracy, so you said that don't expect to see a whole bunch of Christian McCaffrey this week against the Chiefs. If I was Christian McCaffrey's number one fan, what week should I tune in to see the full Christian? I would say after the bye week. Sunday night football against the Chargers. Prime time, I would say, is what you would see. Because, they're, they're, I mean, they're really kind of in a great position, and maybe that's why they wanted to get this done when they got it done. You know, you were a week and a half before the trade deadline is when it happened. Uh, but they're in this great position of potentially easing him in for a play or two tomorrow easing him in a little bit more next week against the Rams, a team that he didn't play all that long ago. And then he, they have the bye week for him to really learn the playbook and get familiar with this offense and all of those things. So I think they're, they're in a really good position in that way. So I would say Sunday night football prime time against the Chargers uh, will be a time where you, if you are Christian McCaffrey's number one fan, and if you are, that is awesome. <laughs> I think that's when you'll really get to see the most of him. <laughs> Trace, this football, this mash unit called the football team. <laughs> right, yeah. Who, who's going to be healthy and who can we expect to see on the field when it comes to Trent Williams, McGlinchey, Hufunga, uh, Chavarius Ward? I mean, the list goes on. Bosa, what players do you think will actually get on the field uh, coming up tomorrow against the Chiefs? So it does sound like Jimmy Ward, Nick Bosa, Mike McGlinchey, Trent Williams, it looks like and sounds like they will all be back on the field. They were not on the injury report yesterday. Talanoa Hufunga had to pass one more test today. I don't know what the results of that were, so that is the issue with him. As far as Charvarius Ward goes, which I think becomes probably the biggest person that you'd want to see on the field tomorrow, the activating Dante Johnson uh, from the practice squad does not bode super well. For us seeing Mooney Ward on the field on Sunday, and I think that, to me, they may very well be the difference in this game. I think it'll be a competitive game. You have two very good football teams, but uh, secondary already without Emmanuel Mosley and then out without Charvary. No disrespect to Samuel Womack, but he is a rookie who's, you know, was benched after two weeks as a starting nickel and then has come in, you know, on the, on the outside last week, and I think uh, no Charvarius Ward to me, could be the difference maker in this game. Hey, really quick, just staying on the injuries for a second, Tracy, can you lend any sort of explanation to the numerous injuries that seem to occur each and every year under Kyle Shanahan? Can I? Can you say that one more time? I'm so sorry. Can you lend any sort of explanation as to why there are so many injuries with Kyle Shanahan 49er football teams? Or is it just, you know, the price of playing football in the NFL? You know, I think it's the price to play football in the NFL. I go back and forth on this. I feel like we're all so ingrained in this team. But if you were to look at the Chargers, they got a whole lot of injuries, too. And if you, I look at injury reports every week when I get the practice reports on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, the status reports, and a lot of teams deal with a lot of injuries. It does seem like an inordinate amount over the last several years. It also feels like there are issues when guys seem to be getting better and then something happens and they're, they're not getting better as quickly as they thought. So that that does seem there does seem to be something, but at the end of the day, it is a brutal sport, and I just, you know, I don't know if there's anything to it beyond that. But I think we'll see in this off season, you know, kind of what happens with the four ers and if if they agree with that. But it is football, and again, we are also ingrained in this particular team that it probably feels like they have more injuries than everybody else. Hey, Tracy, you mentioned that Dante Johnson being activated is is not good for seeing Mooney Ward play. 
And I think we can all agree just that that's just bad in general. Like nothing's good has ever come from Dante Johnson being activated. But oh, but go easy, go easy. Uh, I know. I'm actually going to disagree with that. But, but, I am going to disagree with that. I think Dante Johnson is someone who's been this team a long time, and when they need him, he always comes. I will disagree. I don't say that nothing good happens from Dante Johnson. I'm going to push back on this. Okay, okay. he's pushing your buttons. <laughs> well, no, but 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 here's what I but here's what I do want to know. Okay, so. Because Samuel Womack is in the mix. Diamond Lenore is in the mix. Dante Johnson is in the mix. Two names. One is injured and is supposed to come back. And the other one is just, I don't know, has become the missing man. What's the status of Jason Verrett and Ambry Thomas, who I thought down the stretch played pretty well last season? So Jason Verrett, Kyle Shannon had, had said yesterday that he wasn't going to be activated this week. So, you know, I think we'll, we'll see what happens. Or that he went for this weekend. We'll see what happens. Next week, you know, he had practiced, and last week he didn't practice for a couple of days because there was soreness in his knee. He was back at practice this week, so we'll have a much better idea midweek kind of what's going to happen there. In terms of Ambry Thomas, that is kind of one of the great mysteries. I mean, this is a person that really came on at the end of last season. Kyle Shanahan said was who he thought was his biggest surprise of the season last year from where he started to where he ended. He had that game filling interception. He played you know, well in the playoffs. He was hurt in that Green Bay game, and everybody was very upset about it, but Somewhere, you know, in OTAs and training camp, and Kyle Shanahan has spoken to this, and so is D'Amico Ryan. Somewhere, he got jumped. And, you know, I do think in this league, you come back, you know, in his second year, and I, I don't know for sure that this is what's happened. But, you know, based on what Kyle Shanahan has, Shanahan has said is that he did get jumped in OTAs and, and training camp. People just got in front of him and that he's working his way back. But you do bring up a very interesting point because he can't seem to get on the field. I think it speaks volumes that when Charvarius Ward went out last week, the decision was to put Samuel Womack in that position and not Ambry Thomas. And that's not a knock on Samuel Womack. But like I said earlier, he's a rookie who has not been in the system very long. And you have a guy who's now second year who played well last year. The fact that the decision was made not to put him in, I think, does speak volumes about where he's at on this team right now. And just so we're clear, one of these people that did the leaping over Ambry Thomas is Dante Johnson. <laughs> that is that is correct. And Diamador Lenore and Samuel Womack. Samuel, wow. But I think Don, but I go I will go back to the thing with Dante Johnson again, is he's been here a long time. And there is when you have a bunch of injuries and a lack of consistency and continuity in a secondary due to injuries over the last several weeks. I can also understand putting in the veteran who really knows the system, who has you know more leadership, but you do make a good point. I do think it's, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Ambry Thomas going forward, and I don't just mean this season. I mean in seasons beyond because clearly he has not seemed to have made a pretty great impression thus far in 2022. Tracy, like always, we appreciate it. Enjoy the game tomorrow, and let's catch up very soon. Thank you very much for having me, guys. Hopefully it'll be a fun one. That is the Hopefully. one and only Tracy Sandler. You know, when she says that, who did she say got jumped? Ambry Thomas? Ambry Thomas, yeah. You're from Vallejo. When you hear about a guy getting jumped, what are I you did, thinking? I do think that multiple people were involved <laughs> in a fist and, and feet flying towards the skull. Yeah. That's the first thing that comes. Well, that's interesting because Ambry Thomas was the guy that had the big interception in SoFi. No, to hey, listen. Send them in, in overtime to beat the Los Angeles Rams a year ago. He looked like, I mean, he was toast early on. Teams were targeting him, but, but that might have been the best thing that happened every, to him. Yeah. Every week he got better. And when we hit the playoffs, we hit the play- and keep in mind that, you know, his competition was Josh Norman. 
When we hit the playoffs, he was the best quarterback. <laughs> he was the best corner on this team when the playoffs last season, man. On a defense that 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 shut down Aaron Rodgers, on a defense that shut down Dak Prescott, like he was the best corner. In the defense, again, that's what you know. What's so exciting and why I think that this is the missing piece to put them in that conversation for getting to and yes, winning a Super Bowl this year. And I'm not even a Niner homer, right? I'm just telling you that with Christian McCaffrey is because what dominated the headlines and the conversation with the 49ers early on in the season, it was that defense, which is still, I think, the best in the NFL. When those guys come back at full strength and then you have Christian McCaffrey on the offense and that balance, don't give me Philadelphia. There's nobody, as well as having veteran leadership and experience, for playing big football games in December and January. The 49ers are clearly, once the defense comes back, okay. this is the odds-on favorite to win it all, okay, at least in the NFC. Here's my thing with here's my thing with Philadelphia and the Niners. And I agree with you, the Niners have the best defense in the league when everybody's healthy, yeah. okay? if When everybody's been healthy, that 14 points that they scored last Sunday, that holds up. That holds up in just about every game they played this yeah, season. I would agree with that. Now, when you when you get injuries, you give up 28 to Marcus Mariota, which takes me to my other point, is that look at the quarterbacks that have managed to do the most damage to the Niners, okay? Believe it or not, Justin Fields, while he was mostly ineffective, his running ability yeah. made two big plays. Russell Wilson stunk for a whole game, but his running ability made made one play <laughs> that made the game. No other quarterbacks made any play against the Niners, right? And then you got Marcus Mariota, okay? He was able to make enough plays against the Niners. I mean, the dude was perfect, and then he rushed for a touchdown. By the way, let me just say this, okay? Marcus Mariota's been in this league for something like eight years. He's 30 years old. That dude is still fast, okay? A cornerback, a, a Diamador Lenore, a professional NFL cornerback, took one step inside, and he beat him to the corner. And I'm like, holy crap, that's not fair. But the quarterback Mobile that quarterbacks can, have always given the Niners fits, yeah. Yeah, so when you talk about, okay, who can hurt the Niners offensively, it's not Aaron Rodgers. He's, we, we've, proven, <laughs> we've proven for the past four years that Aaron Rodgers ain't doing anything to get this defense, even if Josh Norman's back there playing, playing corner, okay? But who can? Jalen Hurts, that's somebody you got to worry about, man. Yeah. Especially with that defense. Let me see Jalen Hurts do it in. Let me see Jalen Hurts do it for a full year before I start giving that dude any level of the sort of credit that's going his way. It's we're not we're not even toe deep into this season yet. But again, you know but, what? But, but no, but back to the thing with the defense though and contending. Okay, that's great if everybody's healthy. Yeah, that's that, that's not going to be the case though. That just that's just not how football works. So well, the question they also is have more... the question is who's injured and for how yeah. long. And I think that, to your point, that because of what has taken place Mm -hmm. and the injuries are such a reality now, and let's not forget, he fired like two years ago the entire medical staff. So there is – this isn't just one of those, hey, it happens to every team. There's – there might be a little substance there, and I don't know what the inner workings as to who the – who you can point a finger at, who's at fault here. But as it relates to the 49ers, what they've done certainly this offseason and and over the last two years – to combat the injuries, they have now more depth than they've ever had, especially at that D-line. Think about a year ago. If if you lose your corner mm-hmm. and Drake or Patrick, yeah. Mosley goes down, you're you're cooked, and there's nobody waiting to come in the way. Same at at linebacker in that back seven. Now it's 
you know, Talano Hufunga can step up. You've got guys that Tashawn Gibson came in, Spelling Ward. The defensive line are constantly cycling through eight or nine guys. And so I think to speak to that point, they've sort of anticipated the injury bug and now have more depth than they've ever had. But what happens then is that usually these guys are good playing, you know, two or three plays, mm-hmm. but if you're going to count on them on every play and or an exorbitant amount, then they get exposed. They're best when they're all sort of healthy and you're just pulsing through multiple guys, especially in that defensive line. And, and that's the thing is that, that some people have said, oh, the Niners have eight starters. I'm like, no, they have four starters and four really good backups. It yeah. is a difference between a really good backup and a starter, right? So that they have depth. But they have the type of depth where, okay, well, you know, we're going to spell some guys and do that sort of thing. We, we saw what happened, man. The, the, the Atlanta Falcons ran through this defensive line like they weren't even there. Like just, oh, three yards, two yards, two yards, four yards, seven yards, three yards, you know. They didn't even, they didn't even bother throwing. Like you talk about Kyle Shanahan only throwing the ball like 20. I think Mariota com- uh, attempted – 13 passes? You know who lost that game for him? And I hate saying this because he's going to be an NFL coach next year. And he's Ooh. pushed all the right buttons. D'Amico? D'Amico Ryans. And it was one particular play. Mm-hmm. And it was that third and long. Just before the end of the half, the Niners had just scored to tie it up. They had all the momentum. It's third and 12 against Mary Oda <laughs> and Atlanta. And he, and I, I get it. This is where he lives. But he blitzed. He brought this exotic blitz. And he brought Greenlaw and he brought Warner. And he left the middle of the field wide open. Wide, wide open. And that's the play where Marcus Mariota steps up and then runs for this first down. They scored on that drive, and the 49ers, instead of being tied at the half, were down a touchdown at 21-14. to 14. There's no reason on third and long to blitz Mariota. He ain't picking up a first down. Just keep it in front of you. Get that ball back. And if they get the ball back, Shamari... I'm thoroughly convinced they get back into the end zone for a touchdown. That was a huge swing of events where D'Amico decided well, to go blitz on a third and long and let Mariota just go right up the gut because there was nobody there for contain and pick up that first down. Okay, I'd like to I'd like to agree with you, okay? But when you give but of course up, you won't. When you give up 170 yards on 40 attempts, right? No, I know. Then, but then, I'm just saying you the, had the, a the, chance. The, the Despite coach, as badly as you played – Specifically, that one play, if you just kept him in front of you on third and long, it's Mariota, you still have a, ch- a better than average. You have a better than 50-50 chance of winning that football game. By the way, Mariota, QBR last week, 95.8. That's not quarterback rating, which is on a scale of 158. One, one in completion. One in completion. Man. I, I don't know that, <laughs> that – that, I don't think you were stopping Marcus Mariota. I don't know that, that God – and the God All-Stars could have stopped Marcus Mariota. Like, maybe next week's a whole other story, okay? Uh, Marcus Mariota just wasn't going to. He did, he did everything right. Yeah, but he didn't throw the ball down the field. That you in, talk about dink and dunk. That what was incompletion. His longest, what was his longest pass? That incompletion, but he dinked, he dunked. He also ran for another, like, 50 no, yards. No, he played well. Which, but to my point, he if threw it's, two touchdowns, if it's yeah. third and long, man, there's, it's Mariota. We don't need to blitz him. Let's just give him his four or five yards. Get the ball back and get into that end zone. So, anyways, I digress. Really quick, I just want to pick up on what Tracy said. Mm -hmm. And we can continue this conversation on the other side. If indeed, and this is why I ask, because it's pretty obvious. If he is RB1 now and it's clear that he takes over as the number one running back, he just traded for one of the best running backs in the history of the game over the last 10 years. So, it makes sense that he becomes now your new starting running back. 
Then this idea, well, we're not going to use him as frequently because you've got, and I'm not going after Tracy, but everybody seems to to be in this thought process. But that just because he's RB1 does not mean that he's going to get the lion's share of the carries. Yes, and he shouldn't because... But if you're RB1 and you're running and running effectively, I just don't know Kyle Shannon to suddenly say or start counting your carries and saying, no, you need to come out of the game. Let's bring in Jeff Wilson Jr. And that's the. these are the things that when you talk about Kyle Shanahan and you talk about Christian McCaffrey, that should concern you. Like, it's Christian McCaffrey makes sense. Yeah, dynamic. But then you have the Kyle Shanahan effect, which again... <laughs> Again, for me, is 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 big plays don't tend to happen in the passing game, and running backs tend to get run into the ground, whether it's Breida, Mostert, Coleman, whoever, okay? Listen, Elijah Mitchell has played also like 10 games the last two seasons, okay? So, so I don't know, man. It, the Kyle effect is something that we have to think about. And again, I'd rather have Kyle Shanahan than, than 25, 26 coaches in the NFL, or maybe even more. That said, there's a couple I'd rather have over him. All right, I'm going to give you my one Jimmy G take because it wouldn't be a show unless you and I get after Jimmy G, me defending him, me being the defense attorney. And, and me. And you being the prosecutor. And me appropriately addre- uh, uh, defining Jimmy Garoppolo, yes. All right, we continue a little Jimmy G conversation because we know you want to hear it. And then we will move on to the Golden State Warriors. We are the flagship station. You wouldn't know it after all this. And that and that game last night. Uh, we'll oh, my God. I got some things. Shamari Blog, Dana Bohm, back after this. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Now back to 95.7 The Game. All right, Block and Dan Bone on a Saturday afternoon here in San Francisco. Fall has arrived. We got baseball playoffs, the divisional, uh, the championship series in full swing, and the New York Yankees hmm. potentially could be in a 3-0 hole to that of the Houston Astros at the day's end. Trailing uh, currently, I think they're going into the fourth down. Wait, who, who do you think is more despised in that series? The Yankees, who are the Yankees? 
or the Astros, who are the trash trolls. Oh, it's the Astros. Really good people. There's a lot of Yankee hate out there. I'm just saying. It, 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 they could. Uh, I think they're neck and neck, man. I mean, the Yankees haven't done anything but win 27 championships. People are like, ugh. And we all know what the trash rolls did, but I don't know. I, I think it might be even, man. Nah, Outside of Houston right. and New York, it's funny, right? And it's hard for me to see Dusty in a Houston. Well, Dusty, what are you doing, man? See, that that's a saving grace for me. Wait, wait, for me, for the Astros, I, I want to see Dusty get a ring. Like, I was mad at Dusty Not for that whole. Not Houston, though. I don't like listen. I was mad at him for starting Levan Hernandez instead I don't of like Kirk Reader. That might be like, my I'll never forget that. Yeah, but Houston's not Texas, man. It's Houston. It's a different vibe. And again, it's his Dusty, man. Because listen, no, I, I think he's like eighty. It ain't gonna be too many more opportunities for Dusty to win anything. By so the you way, better, you better take it where he can get it. By the way, speaking of, you know, managers getting another opportunity later. Tony Larusa, right? Bochi. What what do you mean, Bochi? Well, I'm I'm talking about Bruce Bochi. Well, let me get this. Right. No, 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 no. Bochi is not coaching. He's not managing anywhere except for no, no. Tell me this is. I didn't hear this noise. I, I mean, I didn't hear this news, and I don't. I won't listen to it, Dan. I won't stand for it. Bruce Bochi is the new manager of the Texas Rangers. You got to be. You, you're kidding. Dude, you're where kidding. you been? Yes. Yeah, Bruce I Bochi get, named the Rangers manager. I get I get notifications on my phone every 15 minutes. From everything, the fantasy, like, I'm not joking. I didn't get this. Three-year contract covering the 23-25, 67 years of age. His guy that, you know, he, and he was, it's not like they begged him. He's 67? Yeah, it seems like he's 87. <laughs> I'm so sick of that. But he played in the 80s, though, so, it, yeah, it's okay. That, that, that tracks, man, but oh, my God. So, Bruce Bochy, back. Okay, can, can I just say this? Go as, ahead. As, as... Satisfactory as Kapler is, I'd, I'd rather have Boach back, man. I would. I, yeah, I just... the game kind of passed him by a little bit. I like really? Boach as much as the next guy. I think about that last series against Chicago. It just he looked a little out of sorts. And I know he's beloved, and I love him as much as the next guy. I'm just saying, the, my last taste, the last time I saw him in any games of some serious consequence, he looked a little overmatched. Okay, but let's remember Kapler and his. His inexplicable that player him, movements. Um, That's not him. That's Farhan. Well, but see, Bocha be like, mm, no way, Farhan. I'm going to keep him <laughs> in the game. I'm saying, you you want Bochy. You want you know Bochy. Wilford on the- Brumley is? Is that his name, Wilford Brimley? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the guy, he, he does the commercials. He was our house, right? Or I, something one like of that. Those. Yeah. It just sounds like if you were to. If you were to have Boach and Brimley talking, reading a promo, I don't think <laughs> you distinguish who's who. Go ahead. But no, man, I, listen, if you're going to have 81 and 81, I'd rather have Boshi in 81 and 81 than Kapler. I just, you know, in this well-manicured beard and his perfect pecs, man. Give, give me Boach, the dome, and the, uh, you okay, any day of the week. <laughs> again, it goes Bochy, back to, once again. Because it goes back to the idea, and we, we talked about this extensively, is that the Giants sucked, but they were also boring. But they yeah. were also they, – they would be less that, boring That's with not Bochy. on Kapler. That's far on. Which is why if you're going to suck Nick, you got to go get some star power. D- Dan DeVoe. Yes. <laughs> I love when you do Gabe that. Gabe Kapler is about a, a boring a human being. <laughs> he, he eats he – steak. he wouldn't eat steak cake for his birthday. <laughs> like that dude – I'm not saying he's a bad manager, but Gabe Kapler is a drag. He just says. Yeah, no, and he does look for guys. I think he said this, that don't get too high, don't get too low. And 
That's just what they they need, guys. They need a Draymond Green kicking the pants is who the San Francisco Giants need. Yeah. They're just trying to do it with these milk toast dudes, which is fine if you win 107 games when you lose. Speaking of which, if the Yankees – Once again, Bruce Bochy, by the way, before you go off, Bruce Bochy named the new Rangers managers. Signing a three-year deal. Yeah, I'm mad at Farhan for that, but that's neither here nor there. I, want, I just want to get back to this one thing. So if if the Yankees should be eliminated, okay, tomorrow, I think. No, no they get eliminated today, huh? Who? The I'm Yankees. Sorry. No, it's a, it's a seven-game series. Now. Oh, so they have one. Okay, so if the Yankees get eliminated tomorrow or the next day or whatever, okay, so that will put us to Sunday. Like, I want Farhan Zaidi in New York City at Aaron Judge's door, like, like the next morning, like it's like, oh, hey, Aaron, here, I made you pancakes. Like that's what I want to happen. The second the Yankees are out of the playoffs, man, Farhan better be on a plane. You know, he better teleport or, or something like that. Like I want something. I want a teleport. Like, for, like forget this. Oh, we went after him. Get him. Bring him. He want he. I'm not gonna say that he wants to be here that bad where he'll take a pay cut, but there is a dollar amount. That the that the that the Giants can give him that the Yankees can only match that he'll pick the Giants. I I, I guarantee it. And you better get that boy back here in his hometown, man. Right, but I, it doesn't and, stop and, with, and, and move Wilmer Flores down the batting order. It doesn't stop with with Aaron Judge. Then it doesn't. And then yeah. go get Trey Turner. Mm-hmm. Go after. I don't think. Arenado? I don't think he's going to leave St. Louis. Arenado? Yeah, I think he's. Then what if St. Louis is one of those cities that if you make it, it's sort of like Green Bay, it's sort of hard. It, they're like a baseball town. Yeah, I lived in St. Louis for, for four years, man. I, I know about St. Louis. And I'm just going to tell you that if you're a multimillionaire, <laughs> you're, better off, you're, you're better off not in St. Louis. They, they, they have an arch. Like their equivalent of the Bay Bridge is a giant arch by a, by a river. <laughs> I saw the well, I, 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 I saw I saw the Izzy brothers perform at that arch by the river, Dan. Okay, let me tell you something. It was a great concert. It was the Fourth of July. It was wonderful. But that was the highlight of the year. But if, watching the Izzy brothers but at if, an arch. Here's something for you. Apparently, St. Louis, and you wouldn't think this, has exceptional. And I say, and I'm half paisan. Exceptional Italian food on the hill. Are you familiar with the hill? An area called the Hill. No, well, they have like really, really good Italian food. If you find yourself in St. Louis, I lived in St. Louis four years. It never once crossed my mind that there'd be good Italian food there. I went to a Chinese food restaurant there oh, once. Why? Because I was homesick, and I was like, "You're eating Chinese is... food in Missouri." I was homesick. Okay, <laughs> and I was like, "This is like Panda Express." <laughs> it was Panda Express. They Just don't called eat on something. The panda. No, Pan Express is fine, but it's not, you know, listen, if I if I got Oh, this is fine dining. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. All right. Let's now officially switch gears to your Golden State Warriors. So the Golden State Warriors suffered their first loss last night at the hands of the Denver Nuggets, who, by the way, opened up the season losing to the Utah Jazz. Utah, which everybody thought were just simply tanking. Not only for Wembanyama, but just for Big Vic, but just a team that is pushing reset, getting rid of you know just about everybody. Yeah, you know, they let Bear everybody go. Yeah. So Denver comes into town, and Jokic looked like Jokic, and the and the Golden State Warriors played poor defense, and that rotation, the second unit rather. Well, just I guess if you were to just look at numbers, and I was just if you didn't see the game, and I was just to show you a stat sheet. The starting five and the plus-minus, for people that get into that sort of stuff, for you nerds, the plus-minus, every starter was on the plus side. 
Meanwhile, the reserves, aside from Moses Moody, was on the minus side and the plus minus. Not only on the minus side, but double-digit minus. And how did Kaminga get uh, – Kaminga was minus 10. I don't even remember him playing in the game. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, he was the, in there. No, I know, but I just like it was like, oh yeah, he was in for like ten seconds. Did he even take a shot? The bench. Here's my take about last night. And let me tell you this. First things first. It's a loss. The second game of the season. Don't worry, okay. But here's what I like, though. Here's what I like. I saw the individual talent shine with the backups. I saw the individual talent. I saw James Wiseman do individual things that I was like, oh, Nelly, okay? I saw Jordan Poole, even in not scoring, like being a distributor. and like, I saw a lot of individual talent I not, 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 not play like a team. And, and if there's one thing that I know is going to happen is that by, we, by the time we get to mm, January, maybe March at the latest – this this team is going to play like a team. Backups, second unit, third unit, freaking the two-way players, right? Like this team is going to mesh and all that talent's going to come together. And I feel like Denver is playing in, in a lot of ways in midseason form because they know who they are. And while you know you're Steph Curry, you know you're Draymond Green, the other 10 guys on this team, we're, we're, we're still trying to figure that out, man. And, and I'm... I'm excited of what I saw individually. Yeah, I don't know if Denver knows who they are. They have more moving pieces than that of the Golden State Warriors. But, but 80% of there is like Jokic. You no, know? That's true. It's like we're Jokic, and then everybody else just, you know, like play off of Jokic, right? Like, listen, if you replace Jokic with even an outstanding NBA sender last night, they lose. They lose. Yeah. Like Jokic was, Jokic is, and he only scored. He scored like twenty four points. He didn't score thirty, but just listen. With the game on the line, the game on the line, the Warriors steal the inbound pass from Bones Highland. Well, they don't steal the inbound. They trap Bones Highland in the corner. They get. He's a good player, by the he's, way. He's yeah, that boy's dope. They they get him trapped. He throws the ball straight up for a uh, for an easy layup. The Warriors are down by one. And before, like, I could even jump out of my seat, and, I, and I'm serious. Like, I'm sitting there, and I am like, yeah. Before I could get to ah, <laughs> then this dude's throwing the ball down to Jokic. the end and to go up three. Well, let's just we'll get we'll get to the ending in just a sec. You know, you said Jordan Poole had a good game. I I would I think he only shot it five times. Yeah, but he he was distributing. He was yeah. Yeah, but you know why he was distributing? And this is something that you have to keep an eye on in Jordan Poole going forward, is that. The cat's out of the bag. He's not sneaking up on anybody this year, right? And Denver knows that they know what he wants to do now. There's a book out on him. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like a rookie comes into Major League Baseball and just tears it up, hits mm-hmm. for 300, and you know, and everybody's puts up, like, oh, he can't hit the curveball. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so now there's a book on Jordan Poole, and you're going to see teams where previously, getting not previously, last year, were not paying as much attention to. Now you're going to see teams – circle Jordan Poole. We're talking about teams that got to circle Christian McCaffrey that are defending him. You're going to see teams that are going to circle Jordan Poole in their pregame meetings, and they are going to make a concerted effort to take away because he's now become a scoring threat. And so it's all about how you counterpunch. Does he have, you know, what's his counter move? Because it's not going to be as easy as it was 
a year ago as far as him putting up those crazy points and just getting to the rim and being Jordan Poole. And last night, you know, only five shots has to be somewhat of a level of concern. It wasn't it was it was a concern last year, but now the dude's, you know, pulling down thirty five million years, a little bit more of a concern. <laughs> right. It's like, yeah, you're getting forty million, man. We're going, yeah, but but again though, the fact that he the fact that what he have, he had like six, seven assists or something like that. He did score seven points. He uh, I'm okay, I remember. Well, he had seven assists, right? He 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 also had three steals. So he he's at I don't want to – those three steals look He's got good. to score more points, and he has to put up more shots. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. But if he's if he's helping out other ways that he's not just a score, I feel uh, that the, 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 the score is going to open Dante up. Dante DiVincenzo can do that. I need him to score. If you came at me and said, well, he can assist and he can get to – I got other dudes who can do that. I need you to put the ball in the basket. You're one of the guys I'm counting on in that second unit to lead it offensively. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I feel you, I feel you, but I'm not, two games in, I'm not worried no, about no, that. No, yeah, no, I'm yeah, just we, saying it could be a pattern that teams are going to go after. We hit Christmas Day, then it's like, okay, Jordan Poole's averaging, four, <laughs> four, uh, uh, what is that, wait, 40, he's averaging 500,000 a game, <laughs> and, and 11 points, then it's a problem, man. By the way, like, Jordan Poole, that deal, that had to get done, man. Okay, getting Wiggins back. Mm. For what they got him for, that was that was the major steal of the offseason. I don't care. Like he's Andrew Wiggins decided to take Victor Aladipo money, okay? <laughs> and he's gonna stay here and he's going to be an all-star caliber dude for the next three or four seasons, man. Listen, you saw him last night. The best the best players on the court, Steph Curry was the best player on the court last night, right? Obviously. And, you know, you could, you could say it was Jokic. I'm saying it's Steph, okay? So we'll say Steph, Jokic, one and two. I feel like Andrew Wiggins, despite what we saw from Contavious Caldwell-Pope, despite what we saw from Brown, who, who? <laughs> how many how many games does he do that? I feel like Andrew Wiggins was the third best player on the court last night. Third? A- after, after Steph and Jokic. Oh, I'm talking about on the basketball yeah. court. Okay, yeah, and that he's that, clearly he's established himself as the second best warrior. That dude, oh man. Well, you know what it is. He just there's no way he was leaving. He's been he's been outside of the kingdom, right? <laughs> he's been in, right. he's been in Minnesota, and he's just like, please, I will do anything. Don't send me out the doors. I know what it's like on the dark side. Jordan Poole and why some of these other guys think that oh. No, I want to go. Man, you know, you don't take care of me. I'll go. Kevon Looney, really? You're gonna go play in Sacramento? <laughs> you think everybody does it like that at the Golden State Warriors? We always talk about culture and environment. Uh, that's why you got leverage when it came to Andrew Wiggins. I mean, he's well, but also he's already got paid. Like if, if Andrew Wiggins hadn't he had already a, maxed, if yeah. he hadn't had a forty, thirty something million dollar a year contract, and he he was on a ten, then I think. But he's like, I'm paid. I'm a champion. I'm in a place where I could win again. Everybody loves me here. We do. We love you, Wiggs, if you're listening. Everybody loves me here. And, yeah, I'll, I'll sacrifice $40 million, which, I mean, to me, that's like <laughs> life-changing to him. It's like, yeah, I guess I could take $40 million less to be in a good situation. And, and where, he is. Where are you at with the Draymond? I hate to dig it up, but you have to because it's, it's I think, always in the room. There's always a, a slight stench, and it might sort of dissipate as the season goes along. But where are you at? With Draymond Green and Jordan Poole, or just Draymond Green, now the documentary, 
But as far as the rest <laughs> of the team, and can this be problematic going forward? I don't think that it was a problem last night. But I do think that if you watch the broadcast, every time they were near each other, it's like, oh, well, Draymond Green helped up Jordan Poole. Yeah, right. Oh. But every interaction between them is just must talk about TV during a game. And I get a kick out of that. I don't think that it it's I don't think it affects the team. Really? Right now. But no, no, but here's the deal. Because things are good. I think that it'll affect the team if it does. It'll be a critical situation. It'll be in April. When, oh, we're trying to get the number two seed or the number one seed, and the pressure's on, and, you know, the fans. You get what I'm saying? Like, there's no pressure right now. So, of course, it's not going to affect it. We're going to find out. But it's still awkward. What that, what that did. Yeah, but right now, it's just awkward. But, but until you apply pressure to an awkward situation, Got then it. it's just an awkward situation. You know, the text line points out Draymond, because I'm always going after Draymond, or so it appears. Draymond played magnificently yesterday. He did. He did. And that's... That's the dream, and I always say this, that I'm probably not alone, that I have a love-hate relationship with this guy. Mm. And when he has the documentary drop and what he did against Jordan Poole, like, uh, there's part of me that's just like, dude, enough. Go, go away, man. Just go away. But then when you see him play last night, you recognize how significant he is to the success of the Golden State Warriors, and there's no getting around that. But see, that's my point, though. That's my point is, is that Draymond Green – is an outstanding, great basketball player. Yeah. Everything else he gets credit for, glue guy, team leader, uh, oh, a try-hard guy, like he's like he lacks athleticism. Like All the other myths about Draymond are BS. He's a great basketball player, and that's it. Everything else, motivator, like, like his job of yelling at people somehow makes people – I've never bought that. And that is my only thing with Draymond, is, is, is the narrative about him – He's great because he's a great basketball player. He's a great athlete. He is he is a smart athlete. That's it. All the intangible things that he gets I, credit well, for, he does not have. Great basketball player. I think he's an a-hole of a human being. At times. I mean, is he is he any worse than like a Ron Artest or a Robin or you name your your a-hole player? But my thing is just that is that is that he gets credit for being this guy that has intangibles and he doesn't. He's just Everything about Draymond Green that that is that is great is tangible and it's and it's obvious. Like Steph Curry is is a more intangible greatness person than Draymond Green. But I think that he shows exactly why he's as important to this basketball team because, and it is exactly as everybody has advertised. You can't necessarily quantify it in a stat sheet or you can't necessarily see it on a piece of paper. But you can see it when you watch a basketball exactly. game when a dude who's six foot six. Is is guarding a seven foot behemoth and not getting back down? No doubt. Yo- Jokic can back down everybody. Nobody can post Green, up Draymond. Yeah. I've never seen anybody successfully post up Draymond. But it, but again, is it, it? But oh, he does it with smarts. He does it with 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 athletic ability in terms of being able to move his feet and a, and an insanely powerful base that defies logic. How powerful he is and a low center of gravity. And is there skill involved in that? Yeah, but. But there's probably, I'll put it like this: If you put Draymond's Draymond's brain in a, in an average NBA athlete's body, he ain't guarding Jokic. You yeah. feel me? Like Draymond Green has unique physical characteristics on top of his his brain that allows him to do the things that he does. 
He was good last night. The rest of the team was not. I think that when you're talking about Draymond, it's so awkward, man, right now. And it's never going to be the same between him and Jordan Poole and probably a lot of those other teams. You know what I get the feeling? And I, I don't, after watching him last night uh, and the text line, I'm glad you, you pointed that out and highlighted it that Draymond was so good and he deserves because I always feel like I'm bashing him, especially over the last 10 days. He is <laughs> such a significant such a significant cog and component to what it is that the Warriors are doing and what the Warriors are doing in winning NBA championships due in large part to one guy, Draymond Green. But I get the feeling that if he left tomorrow, there'd be that sense of just that I would feel like Jordan Poole and, and a lot of other guys would take this, this would have this, this big exhale, like this <laughs> breath of fresh air, like, oh, God, I'm glad he's gone. Like, I'm just... Well, it depends. There'd be a sense of independence. There'd just be, like, a sense of freedom that you can't necessarily quantify. They're a better team with him. Don't get me wrong. I'm just telling they you, are, this is are. sort of the weird element that he brings after what he did to Jordan Poole. Like, I think there's just a weird air in the room right now. Well, see, but this is the... And I'm going to say it this way, okay? Draymond Green has been an all-star. He's been a defensive player of the year, okay? He is a great power forward, right? And you don't win four championships without Draymond Green on your team. But how many other all-star power forwards if you replace them with Draymond Green? Right? You get what I'm saying? You get what I'm going yeah. here, right? Like, it's not a matter of Draymond Green being invaluable. It's that Draymond Green is an all-star, all-NBA caliber player. So if you said, oh, we're going to take away Draymond Green and we're going to replace him with, you know, I don't know, uh, Mason uh, Anthony Randolph or Anthony Tolliver, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, like that, that, that was who was there before. Or even David Lee, okay? Then no, you're not as good. But if you replace him with a, a Blake Griffin or somebody like that, you know what I'm saying? Like a dude who was at his level, at his position, I think you still have four championships. Interesting. Th- that's a hot take, I know. But, I, but you know, there's no way to prove it, so I'm just going to say I'm right. All right. Our man Stats Guerrero is coming up next. Stats, first name. Rob, Stats. Just making sure you're awake. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Rob Stats Carrera is going to join us next. We're going to get all things sports, including going back to the San Francisco 49ers. Army, I enjoy this guy. He's in the hole, ready to come up next on 95.7 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.